Okay, dedication time. We're here with Emily. And what would you like to dedicate this episode to? Puppies. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Usually everybody's like, my mom, whatever. But puppies. I have to share my puppy story. My dogs, we went to the dog park. And they're older, geriatrics. But they are attached to this puppy that goes out there regularly. regular is a black lab. His name is Scooter. Cute. And he's just that silky black lab. But he's only like, I uh, believe... Of like five months old. Oh, okay. So he's just—he's like that lanky. Like you could pick his skin. Like he just—he has a ability. Kind of like, squishy. But he, they're chasing him and chasing him. All of a sudden, he went off the distance and he went to the bathroom. And all of a sudden, he pooped out his chew toy. And the owner's like, "Oh, we've been looking for that." Oh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there it is. Yeah. You'll have that sometimes. Do you watch the Puppy Bowl? Every year. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I actually don't even think i watched the super bowl i primarily watched <laughs> the, the puppy, puppy bowl, bowl. <laughs> all right time to start the show All right, we're back with Emily Brom. Um, she's a makeup artist. Uh, she's been on set. She actually did makeup for my film, uh, which we were going to be put in uh, Z-Fest. So, uh, Emily, this is the first time doing a podcast, right? Yeah. This I'm a newbie. A newbie, I know. This is exciting. <laughs> now, do you listen to other podcasts? Do you when listen? I find the time, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the, that's the thing we were talking about because you, you love work. You love work. I love work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're kind of work, So, it's hard to get you. This, we've been working... To navigate a window to get you in here. Yeah, my yeah. schedule gets a little tight sometimes. I tend to bite off more than I can chew, but I make it work somehow. <laughs> this is really eerie because we're such the same. We have reading disabilities the same. Yeah. We love movies and, yeah, you know, it's hard to say no to things when people are like, hey, want to do this? Yes. Want to do this? Yes. Yeah, especially yeah. if it's a fun project or, you know, piques your interest. And I like meeting new people and doing my craft is... It's always a challenge because I never know what they're anticipating. Well, that's how I started this show is because I like I like films. Yeah, I would like to meet other people. So just it was just to have to start a conversation with people that were working in movies and talk about movies in the process. Yeah, well, and what a I fun like, thing to do! And it's fun. I like talk. Yeah, yeah. I'm not an introvert. My wife is, but I'm not. I'm, I'm more out there. I'm kind I, of both. A little bit. Yeah, because yeah. when I'm out, I'm a. Like, I like people, and I get a high from being around people, and I like chatting, and but then when I'm home, I like to, like, shut, shut her down, yeah. and that's, like, my quiet time, <laughs> and it's kind of great. You may ask me a question, and I may not respond. <laughs> I get a little chuckle. I know I'm going to get mad for sharing this with my wife. It's hard for her to be, she's just an introvert. She likes to be, you know, not anything, a brown group of people is, is yeah. going to be exhausting for her, but she likes Animal Crossing. And she plays that. And I go, what are you doing? Well, I'm having a party at my house in Animal Crossing. I go, you don't want to have a party in real life here. Hey, I love that. But they they come and bring such cute stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, and my husband, he's he's a homebody. He doesn't like going out and doing much. And so we kind of even each other out a little bit. So 2020 quarantine is pretty much comfortable for you guys. That was our normal life. Other than like being able to actually work for me. It was hard for me because I, you know, the show, we had to like stop the show yep. and stop canceling. But I kind of, I'm adaptable. Yeah. So I can find stuff and I'm a Gen Xer. So, you know, I can find things to do. We were kind of born to do this. Right. Yeah. So I just found some movies I have never seen before that I always thought about watching. It kind of gave us, like, I feel like everybody, it kind of gave everybody a time to like reset and like do yeah. a few things that they haven't been able to do because of life and work and families and I don't know. How often yeah. do you get to take that time in your life where you're like, I can lay on the couch for three days straight because I literally have nothing to do <laughs> and I'm binge watching everything I haven't been able to watch. I feel I feel guilty, but I did get my comic book done last year that yeah. I've been working on since 2008. I finally got to do a movie. So there was some things I was able to do because he kind of, all the distractions, all the stuff you fill up, like going to movies and seeing yeah. movies and stuff that fill up your time that you kind of sit and can calm your brain and get your stuff done. Yeah, I I 100% agree. 
I went back to school this last year, um, which was a little challenging at times. I worked behind the chair as a stylist for 15 years and then became allergic to hair color. And so I had to revamp my entire career. And I I don't have children. I have a career. Um, And so I invested everything I had into my job and my clients. And so it was kind of taken away from me due to my allergy. But then I went back to school this last summer and went for makeup. And I can still do hair. It's just in a different capacity. Right. Not as the... You don't have all the op. You can do some stuff. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I still style hair. Um, you know, I'll still do haircuts and stuff, but I can't do any color. And that was a struggle at first mentally because I just felt like something was taken away from me. But now in retrospect, looking back, it's probably one of the best things that happened to me was pushing me into makeup. Um, yeah. Because you get bored. Now, I wouldn't say bored. You get comfortable. There, that's the key, right? Working, yeah. working with. I got comfortable working behind the chair. Um, no, and I, before I did my comic book, you get comfortable. Just I'll get to doing that one day. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do that one day, and then finally you have to. It's a force. Yeah, you absolutely. Force, I'll sit down and I'm going to do it. Yep. Whether people like it or not, I'm going to get it done. And not everybody will agree with you or back you and support you, but. It doesn't matter what they think. You have to do what's best for you and what yeah. makes you happy. That's the toughest thing for me because I want people. I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. And I want people to like my stuff. And yeah. Then it's almost like, well, it's okay. What do you mean it's okay? I what can I, I'm that person. I'm like, what can I do better? Yeah. Do you, and I'm, yeah. do you like it? Are we on the same page? Um, yeah. Just especially when it comes to makeup. I mean, hair I'm way more comfortable with because I've obviously been doing it for so many years. So in the last year I really pushed myself out of my comfort zone and having to put myself out there working with new people and doing completely different things that I never thought I'd be doing five years ago or two years ago and then you look back and you go well what, what took so long that yeah you get comfortable yeah. and it's kind of crazy because now looking back I could like there was little signs throughout before my allergy hit that I was kind of getting comfortable and I needed more of a challenge, and I like to be challenged. Um, some people don't, and that's cool. But like for me, I want to be pushed because I want to know it all. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. And this is eerie. We sound so familiar. It's so funny because when I started doing makeup, I was like, I never, I can't do makeup. I, I mean, I can put, you know, put my face on and like slap some mascara and some chapstick on myself. But yeah, yeah. Now doing what I'm doing. I can do it. And like, I just had to prove it to myself. Other people believed in me along the way, but that self doubt, just because it's so new to me. But now it's like I've gotten my bearings and I love it. Yeah. Well, prior to, I mean, we, when I started the show, I wasn't doing storyboards. I wasn't working in yeah. film. I just wanted to talk to people. But now I have a great community of people that I know that I work in movies. I do storyboards for films. Then people hire me for that nowadays. I did got my own comic book. And that's all just, you know, from sitting down in 2008 saying, I had enough. I was working at a factory. Yeah. In a factory job. And I go, I, you know, I went to college for art. We're, I got to get back to that. And so I sat down and did my own comic book. And it took a long time, but we got here. Right. And yeah. look at where yeah. you've came. You just got to get, yeah, you got to get tired of doing the same thing. Yeah. And I kind of. Because nobody else is going to push you. Right. And I got yeah. to the point, and I hate to say this because. It sounds not so nice, but at the end of the day, our world revolves around money to a certain extent, and I was sick of making other people a lot of money by working for them and doing the services on the clients that I've had for 10 or 15 years. Yeah. And Well, that's understandable. Yeah, it it, it just, is. You know, it kind of got to the point where it's like, am I in it for my clients? Why am I, why am I still in this career? Because I want to be in it for the right reasons. Um. And I think I was throughout the whole my whole career working behind the chair. But now it's like I'm excited again and it's fun and I'm trying all these new things and some of it's scary. It is, you know, and that's, the, you know, when I did my first film and I put out a memo that, you know, some people might like it. Some people might hate it. It might be a good film, might be a bad film. But at least when you do it, have fun doing it. Right. 
I mean, don't have to. You can't worry about what's how it's going to be received. But when you're doing it, at least enjoy right. doing it, or you know, work on making it better. Yeah. So well, and there's so many things you can do. Yeah. Well, especially like making a movie, there's so many variables that oh you my just gosh. can't control. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, and I, like I, weather. Right, right. We Cold. Were, we were supposed to actually <laughs> film it in a ranch house, and that got taken away from us. Yeah. So we had to find a place, like a hall, and that changed the script. That changed the environment. So, And then we lost we lost a, uh, the lighting, so we had to work with oh, the day right. before we were filmed. Yep. So we had to, like, scrounge and find a lighter, and thankfully we found Laura, who yeah, was a fan. Yeah, she was cast. great. I love her. <laughs> I felt was, like everybody was fantastic on that set. And I, that's, you know... And I told Jolanta, I think she was like, because uh, she worked the DP. Yeah. yeah. And I said, this is, you, know, you get people that are good and love making things. It goes by so much smoother. Well, and I think when you're passionate about something, yeah, everybody, everybody was there for the right reasons. And like, we all had fun doing it, but we all took it seriously too. At the same time, it wasn't like willy nilly, we're going to do whatever. We had, it was actually... A planned thing. Yeah, that's what I, I want to make a clear structure how yeah. we do things because there's no questions about because that's usually when people get frustrated like when we're going to leave when we're going to you know when we're going to be done and so so I did my I'll give you a little secret I do this when I used to ref football if you want people there at eight you tell them seven thirty tell them seven thirty yeah, I'm the same way and you want to make them feel good about leaving say we'll stay there till four but really thinking we'll be out of there by three yeah so when you say we'll be there from eight to four. What's that saying? Over, over, over plan, over schedule. Yeah, I used to do that for football because people, how long is it? You know, how long we have to do our meetings? How long the games? Like, we'll be here till five, but then you end around four. And they're like, oh, we feel good. Right? right, this is great. We get out <laughs> early. Yeah, because usually if you say like a later than you plan, then people get frustrated, they get mad, and yep. feelings. But you leave a lot earlier than they thought, and you get a sense. Hey, I can maybe sneak running into Target, or you know, yeah, it yeah. just. I used to do that when I scheduled the band, too. What time is band practice? Uh, that's going to be at 1. So it's funny. So they'll, like, show up around 2. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have I do a lot of weddings um, in wedding season, obviously, which is coming up um, for hair and makeup. And when I work with a bride, I always ask, okay, about your wedding party. I give out an itemized itinerary, yeah. like, the week before of, that's okay, cool. I need... Susie at 10 a.m. and she's getting hair done and I I just break it down where the bridal party needs to be at what time and what services they're getting with what artist yeah and then I give them um just a little bit of information how to prep for the day and whatnot but I always ask how is your bridal uh, party uh, with time management and <laughs> there's usually one and I'm like okay I'm not we'll say I'll tell her 10 a.m. But you know she's coming at 11. But she's coming at 11. So <laughs> I've already written her down at 11. But in her head, she knows it sits right on my itinerary, 10 a.m. for her. Yeah. But in my head, I know it's 11. So I've already switched things around because I'm pre-planning. I got a funny story about that because uh, there's an episode of The Simpsons where they did where Homer went to rock and roll camp. So they bought a bunch of old rock musicians they do the voices for the characters in the show so like the rolling stones were going to come lenny kravitz brian seltzer elvis costello and tom petty and they got a chuckle talking about it because they all knew when to come without telling them they're like all right we're going to start recording all of you at noon when you go well the rolling stones were two hours late tom petty was an hour late (laughs) lenny kravitz was 30 minutes late and elvis costello was on time (laughs) so they all kind of know where they are (laughs) yeah it's crazy to think about <laughs> That's, but I get a chuckle I'll think about it. they just kind of know where they are in the hierarchy yep. <laughs> and it's funny because like you'll work with somebody and you know mm-hmm. okay they are predominantly like always five to ten minutes behind always yeah. other people you're like okay I I'm a firm believer if I'm not there Five to ten minutes early, I'm usually late in my head, yeah. and I get a little nervous. I'd rather be early because I never know, like, if I've never gone there, where's my parking at? Right. Yes. Yeah. That, 
You know, and I don't like to feel like the anxiety, like, oh my god, I can't find a package back. Right, I'm gonna be late. Oh my gosh, everybody's waiting for me. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. And especially if I'm working downtown, for some reason, I'm always scared to like park on the streets. I'm a farm girl at heart. I mean, let's be realistic here. Being downtown Minneapolis is just out of my comfort zone because I grew up on a, you know, I grew up on a farm. Yeah. Um, well, and in the country, it's a lot easier to drive in Minneapolis than St. Paul because it's it's a yes, mathematical. It's a grid. It's a great mathematical grid. Yeah. Like if you're on First Avenue, you know next on the right is going to be second, third, fourth. Yep. Right. And Saint once Paul, you so get like, that down, but you go to St. Paul and it's like, <laughs> what? What? Where am I going? Surprise! It's a one way. <laughs> well, what am I? <laughs> right. Yeah. How did I get on a one way? <laughs> I'm really confused. I'm totally. I used to totally be that girl that would be driving, and I'm like. Um, yeah, I'm driving into oncoming traffic. How did this turn to a one-way? I took a right. Told me to take a right. Yeah. But my GPS always isn't a right. So. St. Paul, the lower town, which is lower. Yeah. If you didn't know, St. Paul's on a cliff. Yep. And then the end of the cliff goes down lower, and it's called lower part, lower town. But that's where the St. Paul Saints Stadium, the yeah. new St. Paul State Stadium is. And I used to work at the St. Paul Saints. Oh, cool. three seasons. I've never gone to a game. Oh, my God. I'm ashamed I, to say. I always, this is how I pitched it. Do you care about baseball? Yeah. If you say no, you're going to enjoy the Saints. See, and I yeah. like baseball, but I'm not like in it. That's that's all. It's it's a perfect place to go. Like I that. enjoy I think I like the atmosphere and like mm-hmm. sitting in the stands and chatting with whoever you're with and it's a it's a little more I It's think an it's, experience. Yeah, you don't if you take baseball serious, you're not going to enjoy it. Yeah. Now, if you have like to have fun. Yeah. And just have just glorious uh, just chaos and Try sampling a walk around and fun and everything, then you're going to enjoy it much more. As you keep a peripheral on what's going on, right? In the game, absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have a pig as their mascot? Yeah, they, they have a pig that brings out the balls to the umpire. I love that. And I... they have um, you get a contest to pick the name, and the, the if your name gets right, then you have like season tickets behind the bench. Oh, that's cool. The the best one, uh, you know, we had Kevin Bacon, of course. Yeah. that was a good pig name. But the best one was Little Red Porkette. It was a red pig. Oh, my gosh. And he was super naughty. <laughs> like, before the game, he ran out on the field and just, like, kick in the dirt and dig in the hoods and, like, gallop and play and eat the grass and just cause oh terror. God. Yeah. Mess it all up. <laughs> so everybody would ask, like, what happens to the pig after the season? I go, do you really want to know? Right. Don't ask questions. You're not prepared for the answer. <laughs> but if you didn't know, the St. Paul Saints uh, part owner is Bill Murray. Oh, really? Yeah, him and uh, the owner, Mike Veck, were good friends. Mike Veck's dad used to own, Bill Veck used to own the White Sox. Oh. And Bill's from Chicago, so they kind of knew each other. Mike Veck, Bill Murray knew each other for many years. So they were part owner. Bill is part owner. And he would, he'll never tell you when he's coming to a game. Right. But he has all access. That's so cool. Like one, I think like three years ago, he was taking tickets. He was like the ticket booth ticker. He had a jacket, ticket tickets. Oh, my gosh. And then people are like, hey, aren't you? No, no. What, no. what do you think? I'll be doing this if I was. <laughs> I just look like him. I get it all the time. <laughs> and my funniest Bill Murray story is my friend, uh, she worked concessions, but she was having French fries. She was on her break eating French fries. And without saying, he came up to her, took a French fry, dipped in ketchup, and ate it. And she just looked in shock. And then he said, don't worry, nobody's going to believe you. And just left. <laughs> Which, I mean, <laughs> nobody would believe her, but that's funny. We always have of that, all the things to yeah. do. Well, he we have this phrase when we worked at Saints. Either he's a he doesn't he's not aware. I just don't care. That's Bill Murray. He's just not yeah. aware. Oh, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm sorry. Or just don't care. Yeah. Right. I love it. Which. Yeah, Which is a great, he had a great life at the Saints because he'd just go everywhere. Just and people are like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. How cool. I didn't know that. We learned something new every day. That's oh. on my bucket list is to go to a game. Saints game is fun. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just, that's the whole thing. It's fun. It's just, yeah. you know, in my lovely schedule. Well, are you? do you like sports? I like baseball and hockey. I don't mind football. It's just I'm not I'm not gonna sit down and watch a game. I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of a nerd. I kind of like NASCAR. But but you have football. It, it's perfect for television because you yeah action. Then you talk about it. Action, right. You talk. I used to be a referee for 20 years for football. That's crazy. And it's 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 conversation. Yeah. But it's interrupted by action. See, and like growing up, my dad watched football, but like 
my parents are divorced and my mom and my stepdad they're they weren't sports people they're hunters and like that's kind of a sport um but i mean i go fishing once a week with my dad in the summer it's our father-daughter day which now can you bait your own hook yeah absolutely <laughs> okay absolutely. then you're a fisher yeah i mean yeah. i may put gloves on if i catch a fish because they're real slimy and stinky and like i don't want to smell like that all day um mm-hmm. But Especially if you get a northern, then they start sliding it, all over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's about, I mean, I played sports in high school, but. Yeah. But it's not, it wasn't going to go any further after no, that. No. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I'm more artsy. I like yeah. doing other things, which I'm not, I think people who play sports are great. And that's, if you're into that, awesome. My nieces and nephews um, are a big, we're a big hockey family. Yeah, I love. Yeah, um, I still play. We have. I do an old man's league. Oh yeah. So it's it, you have to be older than forty. Yeah. And then the the comical thing is we get girl goalies, so we have girls that go. We yeah. pay the girl. We pay them because they have a lot of money for goalie equipment. Oh yeah. So we pay their parking and their goalies. Oh, they, that's nice. And it's just funny because they just laugh at us. <laughs> well, and because we're old and like you guys look like you're in slow motion. Yeah, you're trying to move and. Can you walk the next day? Oh no, I usually have to take it like it because you know I'm retired. Everybody, I'm a retirement age, right? Yeah. But, but if the puck goes in the boards, we're all looking at each other. Like, You're gonna get it? Who's getting it? Yeah, I'm not I'm, skating I'm fast. Right in front of the net, right? <laughs> you go get it and pass it to me, and I'll score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seaton. I mean, we had a lake growing up, so like my sister and I would shovel it off, and we'd skate out there when we were kids. Nice. And then um, that's classic Minnesota. Yeah, and you know it was all bumpy, and we had willow trees, and so there was always branches, and like the willow. Oh, in in the lake. frozen into in the, the lake, lake and yeah. so we'd always hook our skates on them, and <laughs> we one of us it was usually me if I'm being honest. My sister's a little bit more graceful than I am, not much, but. Um, We'd biff it, and then we'd get back up and your knees, right? Yep. yep. And we loved it. I don't know. It was just it's just something about hockey on a lake that's fun. It was just so cool. And yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but like Duluth actually is one of the only places that still does outdoor hockey all year, like all winter long. All winter long. So um, they flood the rinks, and usually my brother in law he they're pretty, my brother in law and my sister are very involved. Yeah. In the hockey community. Wonderful. Yeah. And so my brother-in-law has to flood the rinks, which I think is, a.k.a. all the dads get yeah, some beer. Turn on the hose and... Flood the rink and yeah. hang out and chit-chat all night this long. This sounds very familiar, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and then my sister does the concessions. Nice. She ran the concessions for a few years, and it's a lot of work, but you have three kids, three different age groups. Let yeah. me tell you, as they get older... You got to get the wiggles out, go out there and skate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's so fun to watch. Like, my niece is, she's tall and lengthy. She's 13, and you look at her, and you're like, you're 13. I mean, her That's sh- perfect for hockey, tall and lanky. Oh, my, she's just tall and lanky. And it's so funny because you'll see some girls in the, you know, they're at that age where they're running their mouth. Um, And my, you'll see my niece, and she's just, as she's skating with the puck, she's smiling at everybody. And I'm always like, why are you smiling? It's fine. And she's like, well, it usually makes them more mad. And I was like, what do you mean? It does. It does. And she's like, because they're mad and yeah. they're talking smack. And she's like, and I just smile at them. She's like, which makes them even more mad. She's like, but what am I going to say? Nothing. She's like, so I win. I, um, I used, when I played as a kid, I had a, a, a kid, a, well, a teammate that would intentionally spit on his hockey mask. So if you came in contact with him, you know, that. <laughs> Gucky stuff with you. Yeah. So you you intentionally just want to avoid like any contact with him, right? Because it's just like just drooping he's skating off his at face you, mask and you're and like, you're, yeah, get away from me, <laughs> ducking. Yeah, <laughs> which was smart. I never thought about that. It just just all of it just hanging off his oh. face. Yeah, yeah. But nobody wanted to check him at the boards, right? <laughs> so he was actually he was winning. I mean, he made out in the end. Yeah, I remember as a kid, I would be outdoor skating, and I always tell the the funny thing is I'd be out there late at night, and my mom would take the car, drive down, roll down the window, dinner's done, and then drive away. It's like you didn't wait for me, right? <laughs> when am I gonna hoof it back home? Yep. That's before you know we had phones or anything. She just drive down there when the lights are on. You know, dinner's done, and then yep. she drive away. What could wait for me? Take my skates up. My mom would open the sliding glass door, and she'd be like, Emily, Sarah, get in here, food. <laughs> 
And we'd come in and she's like, yeah. what the heck would take you? What, what took you so long? Well, we had to get off the lake. We had to <laughs> hoof it up the hill to our house. And then yeah. we had to take all our snow gear off. I am, because uh, I'm a kid in the, from the 80s. Yeah. But I bought recent some new equipment and it's amazing how light it is. It's it's almost like cheating. Because the gloves like feel like nothing. nothing. The stick is like, is there, I'm, I'm like, this is, is there anything to this? Yeah. And like, I'm, I'm not used to this. Well, and it baffles me how expensive all of that stuff is. Now, well, yeah. It I was mean, expensive in the 80s. But right, now and I look now, at it like, I want those prices. But yeah. Right. Yeah. I know my um, middle nephew got some specific gloves this year for hockey. And he got them and he wore them once and the stitching came undone. Really? So my sister emailed the company and she's like, you know, he's 10 or 11. Like, he yeah. he bought these with his own money and they only lasted one day. And the stitching is coming undone. And they're like, keep them. We'll mail you a new pair. Oh. So that was really nice. It was a, a good stand-up company. But she's like, they're still like $60 gloves. And I'm like, for gloves? How long will he keep them for? She's like, a season? Yeah. Well, that was like Sherwood's when I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, last two games and all of a sudden – they collapsed on you, right? That was that was sure was <laughs> yes, yeah. We, no, I, I got some. If anybody recognized, I got some facial hockey injuries. So my chin, I got I landed on my chin at the outdoor rink, and that gushed. I had stitches put in, and then I got one above my eye because my I was digging a puck out of the nets. We were just having fun at the back, you know, at the outdoor rink, having fun and shoot shooting at the. And then I went by the net to dig out pucks, and I just leaned down. I got hit right in the smack. eye. Smack. So I am always double check to make sure nobody's shooting at the net before I go digging in pucks in the net to get more. Yeah, yeah. I that I hurt. I did track in high school and I ran and then I threw shot and discus and I was at practice one day and wasn't paying attention and I had thrown my disc. And somebody got and boom. I walked and grabbed it and I picked it up from the ground and I stood up and as I stood up I got smoked in the head knocked me clean out the disc the disc hit me right in the forehead that's a heavy heavy plastic yeah just kunk and I woke up and I was in like the nurses in like the training room really scrambled you yeah it gave me a concussion yeah they're like what day is it I didn't know what day it was I didn't even know what happened and it's like the number one thing they always told us to do open your eyes watch if somebody if you just threw more than likely somebody's right behind you so you need to pay attention well you know boom 16 yeah. 17 year old me i was like yeah you're right, you're right. yeah it's nice out <laughs> whoops but that's that's really the only sporting thing i ever I like i like doing track because even though it's a team it's it's still individual it's individual accomplishments yeah i never could do the hurdles i never can master that i was too awkward like me, I can, I'm too short. I'm sure, you know, you're too. You have to be like the like six one, uh, six one. Yeah. And they're like, you should. You know, the coach really wanted me to do the hurdles, and I just couldn't get it. Just like the pole vault, I never could get it. Yeah, that's I, a certain no that's like rhythm, and I couldn't get the rhythm. I can't do. I couldn't do pole vault. Couldn't do high jump. Way too short. Which and is I have no vertical. When we were kids, women couldn't do pole vault. And oh, and now they can. Now they can't because like when I was in high school. So my I did everything my older sister did. Um, of course, every sport she did, Favorite I did. Too, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> all the time. Um, even if they didn't fit. And then, <laughs> you could, you could, I could see like that. I remember that in school, like having yep. like, hey, that's my shirt. Yep. And in the small town we grew up in, our elementary school, middle school, and high school was all one building. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty common. Yeah, I would see her all the time, and she would be like seriously and I was like I don't know and then it's so funny because college hit and I remember this like clear as day you know you get the freshman 15 or you know you put on a few pounds those beers hit you and uh she came home one year and she borrowed a pair of my pants and my sister is very small she's very tiny and so my sister had never stolen my clothes, so I like never <laughs> knew how to deal with it. Like I had a taste of my own medicine. I had these my favorite pair of jeans from American Eagle, and she put them on, and she was running up the steps from the basement upstairs in my parents' house, and she split the butt right out of them. Oh, that meant I mean, and I was like, 
Those are my favorite jeans. <laughs> All the jeans you put on, my favorite ones. Them. Yep. Yeah. And now <laughs> we have our style is very different. Now every time, you know, she's a mom. So yeah. she's always like, when you go shopping, which I do very <laughs> Make rarely, sure stitch good. she's yeah. like, check the stitching. <laughs> she's like, and uh, you should probably buy just two of everything because I need it too. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I remember those days of being in high school and then the one sister, what? The? You just see him in the hallway. That's my shirt. Or, yep. Yep. <laughs> I love them. I yeah. You know. Yeah. And I don't remember my youngest sister and I. I mean, I'm sure we stole things of each other's. Yeah. Like earrings or something dumb. Um, but I don't remember it with her as much as I do with my older sister. I always wanted to be cool because, you know, your older Your sister's, sister's cool. She's yeah. cool. Yeah. My younger sister's cool too, but she's younger. But you had more practice watching your older sister yeah. and how to be cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. We're going to take a little break and we'll be back with more with Emily. Hi, everybody. This is Nick for the St. Paul Filmcast, and I want to talk to you about a great place here in the Twin Cities for your next social gathering event. It's the Serbian Hall in South St. Paul. The Serbian Hall in South St. Paul is now open. Built in 1924, it is a unique historic venue perfect to host your next wedding, social gathering, corporate event, or any kind of celebration. The hall has over 9,000 square feet of historic charm perfect for your event. With a ballroom upstairs and a classic bar and reception downstairs, it has the flexibility to meet all your needs. From start to finish, to help you coordinate with every detail. Book now for 2021 graduations. Spaces are filling up fast. Visit their website, www.serbianhall.com. You can also find them on Facebook. They just can't wait to work with you. Your next social gathering event, think the Serbian Hall in South St. Paul. Hi, everybody. This is Nick from the St. Paul Filmcast, and I want to talk to you about a mockumentary short film that's on Kickstarter right now that I'm really excited about. It's called The Minnesota Renaissance Man. It's a short film about two former film majors, Richie and Demi, trying to look to get their big break by finding The Minnesota Renaissance Man. Stories of this man's life go back far as the 60s. It seems everybody has a story about him, whether it's his time working with Prince, his cooking skills, his artistic expertise. One note about this film, the entire cast comes from the North Hennepin Community College. The entire crew comes from the Minneapolis Twin Cities area. If you're interested to look in to support this film, check out its Kickstarter for the Minnesota Renaissance Man. The musical score comes from Jake Berglove from the band Early Eyes, as well as another artist who goes by the name Dalem. Please check out the Minnesota Renaissance Man on Kickstarter for possibly advanced copies of the film. Check out the Minnesota Renaissance Man today. Hi, everybody. This is I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam. Hello. Okay, four things people need to know right off the top, Lisa. Tell them. 20 years, besties. Woohoo! <laughs> Two. We're almost 50. No, Samantha, stop that. Just stop that. You're almost 50. Whatever. Ugh. Three. We podcast from my car. We're sitting inside your car right now. Four. We're from Canada. We're from the heart of the breweries. We're from Saskatchewan. And if you're unsure if that's a real place, just Google it. Yeah. But we also bring you a new episode every single Friday. We do. It's about an hour long, but you know what? Time goes by quick because we're just two crazy women bantering, talking about lighthearted topics, talking over each other all the time. We argue, we disagree, but we always go back to laughing. We do. We just want to be the least stressful part of your week. Exactly. So you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, and any other podcast app that you have. We're all over social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, we're back with Emily. We just during the break, I learned that she she had a you had a TV that had a built-in VCR. Yep. That would automatically rewind. So and they had start a wonderful. Replaying. It would start playing. So you had a wonderful just 
watch it over and over and over again. So you, yeah. So what you, we you had Dirty Dancing, Goonies, uh, Roadhouse, Roadhouse, yes. Um. Oh, why am I drawing a blank? You can't get them wet. You can't feed them at Gremlins. night. Gremlins. Yeah. Um, My sister had a Gremlins backpack. She never watched the movie. A gizmo. A pink gizmo bag. She never watched a movie, but she loved gizmo. My sister, of course, the older sister, she had a t-shirt and a stuffed animal that I stole um, and then uh, proceeded to hide anytime she asked for it because I didn't take that. I don't know where it went. I, I can, I, I pretty much can write the script from memory of Roadhouse. That's how many times I've seen it. And I think my brother, I think he would have, I think he almost cried when Patrick Swayze passed because, yeah. You know, not to, not from Dirty Dancing. No, from Roadhouse. <laughs> from Roadhouse. And then yeah. I I was the sad one. I was like, I carried a watermelon. It was my favorite line in Dirty Dancing. I would always I was... get upset because he had such cool sweatpants. Yeah. Because they had, they got the tie on. Yeah. I was like, I want those sweatpants. <laughs> well, it was like, it was like the Zuba trend. I have to say, I probably started me smoking with Sam Elliott from that movie. When yeah. I was, uh, you know, started, when I, I didn't start smoking to college, but see, I always wanted yeah. a white convertible. After that, and I always wanted to it's like the best. live you, by water. It's not a. It's technically it's not a good movie. It's no. a bad. It's a bad plot and everything, but it, it works so well. Well, and I don't it's know why it bad, works so well. I don't because I watched it a million times, and it didn't get better. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Why, if somebody running a town, just leave. Right, right. <laughs> but no, he had to like stand yeah. up and and then there was was he the guitar player or the piano player that was blind. It was the uh, blind, uh, the piano. He was it a piano? He sat down, right? Yep. Yeah. And he had the cage around right. him as Ladies he was playing. Dalton, Dalton, Dalton. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I can see it. Yeah. You got a skinny little runt named Dalton who works here. Yeah. Yep. I haven't seen that Sam. in a few years now. I'm going to have to rewatch uh, it. I like Sam. He can do everything. Sam Elliott? Yeah. That's the only reason I saw. Uh, I love that a man. Star is born. I don't Bradley Pitt and Lady yep. Gaga. Sure, sure, sure. But Sam Elliott's in it. I'm going. His yeah. voice. I don't know. And there's just something about that him. man was born to have a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know. In his hair, he always yeah. had a good mustache. And yeah. I don't like mustaches, but like he he rocked that because he just rocked the handlebar for many years, and then he'd yeah. get the regular facial hair, like the sides pulled in, and he'd get a little beard. And then he'd shave it off. He looked good in the movie Rush from 1992. Yes. Yes. That was perfect. He had a cowboy hat and everything. Yeah. He's been married to uh, the same woman since 1984. I can't remember her name. Her oh, actress. really? Yeah. He's, they've been married since 1984. I had a client. Uh, she's from, I think, from the movie. She's very, God, I gotta look Is it up. Is she an actress also? Yeah. She's an actor. Yeah. Yeah. I had a client um, when I worked behind the chair. Um, she does advertising. And she did a few jobs with Sam Elliott and she got to go to his ranch and of course he has a ranch. Of course he does. Um, and I <laughs> He's go, not gonna have an apartment in New York. City. Right. right. I, yeah. I asked her, I was like, how is he in person? And she's like, Oh, he's, he's amazing. She's he's like, great. he's totally a ladies man though. And I said, Oh, I could totally see that. He just yeah. turns on that charm. And we had a previous uh, guest on, um, who directed the movie, the man who killed Hitler and then, Oh, uh, Bigfoot. Uh, which was Sam Elliott was the lead star in the movie, and um, we talked. He talked about. It, he goes, he's the nicest man. He ordered food all the time for us. Yep. He loves pineapple pizza for some reason. <laughs> I appreciate that because I like pineapple on my pizza. <laughs> but he wasn't. It wasn't that like I want the whole red carpet. He came right. on set and. And this plot's a little funny, but he's like, I don't care. Well, Let's and that's what my client him, said, Ruthie. She was saying, she's like, he's so normal. He's so nice. He just, he truly cares about other people. And like, he's easy to talk to. Yeah. She's like, he's not that, like Get what you would think of him. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's good to know. Yeah, he probably mean. just drives his Harley up to the studio. and Right. <laughs> yeah. Having his hair blow in the wind. So you, is that like Dirty Dancing and what other? Do what other? Because I'm were, trying to you, think. You what were else? Goonie. Were you a Goonie girl? Yeah. It's, there's something whimsical about. Yeah, that Yeah, I just love the Goonies. There's something about the. Well, I like those movies. Spielberg yells, "The kids know better than the adults." Well, and it just a little bit. It's something every kid would have done then. Yeah. Like you're trying to save your parents' house, and, and there's so, a 
pirates. And there's this pirate thing, and you know the the brother has the asthma, and then he make kisses the girl, but she finds out because he Brant doesn't have braces. Did I, did did it bring it up because I'm wearing a Superman shirt? And- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and I just the ice cream. I just remember like being so scared of him chunk opening the ice the cooler and there was all the ice cream along yeah. with the body. <laughs> I love the ice. Yeah. Rocky Road. Rocky Road. Yes. Yeah. yeah. There's something a little yeah, fun about it. I know my friend Brian, he's visit they have like where they shot the film. Each year they have a festival and they oh, shoot cool. it at the park and they get the tour that the the house and they go on the Goonies tour and everything and they really love it. It's it's a, it's a like a film festival for a weekend. It's like a city. That's neat. Day. I didn't know that. Yeah. See, and I don't know. Maybe it's from like our age demographic, but like that, those movies kind of sum up my childhood. And like I just that's what my childhood was. Somebody actually, when they filmed No Country for Old Men, oh, they're yeah. doing a scene, and they're just picking on Josh, and he's like, "Hey, I'm a goonie. I can handle it. All right." Right. <laughs> Well, and it's so funny. I I looked up recently, like what they were all kind of doing. Um, yeah, because they were young when they hit it. I feel like that movie did really well. We well. all know what Corey's been doing, right? <laughs> Corey, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just it's fascinating to see like where what their career has done since that movie. Well, well, I think um, the kid who played Trunk, he's now an agent. Yep, a, a talent agent. And some of them stick with the movies, and some of them. Well, and I, you just find your place. Yeah. And I mean, I can't imagine being a kid actor. I, it's hard. It's I mean, hard. especially back then. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why in my head it would seem like it would be easier nowadays to be a kid actor. Well, yeah, because it's hard to. Jodie Foster was a kid actor, right? And she's able to handle. Kurt Russell was a kid actor, and he was able to maintain it. But some, just but can't, some just don't. Can't do it. Yeah. yeah. Which so. I, you know, I I leave that up to the professionals. Did you ever I, want to do in front of the camera? Or absolutely you... not. <laughs> I mean, I danced yeah. for like many many years, and I liked being up on the stage as a kid. Um, but that was before you know you care you don't care what people think of you, and as you grow up, you're more conscious of things. I know a couple, and I won't mention them. There's a couple of actors, actors who can't watch themselves. I they don't love think the I process could. of doing it. They, yeah, they just can't watch the final product. Well, in I work with a lot of photographers, and um, Ruben in particular, he's always like, let me take your picture. Ruben, who, yeah, he did the photos for the uh, my film. Yeah. Yep. Or, yeah. Um, he's fantastic. Um, yeah, all I have to do is say hi to him, and there's going to be, like, a wonderful story behind it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, him and I, we get in trouble all the time because we're both gabbers. And so, like, we get together, and we're like, and they're like, all right, quiet. And we're like, sorry. We're still talking. Quiet on set. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. I'm on a film set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he always says, why don't you like your picture taken? I don't know. I, I'm so used to working behind the scenes that yeah, I like don't know how to put myself out there like other people do. They had a, um, the famous stunt woman, Zoe Bell. Yeah. And she was in uh, the Death Proof movie, the Grindhouse movie, and she did a stunt. And Tarantino wanted to, you know, bring, you know, elevate stunt people, give them credit, and right. give her a starring role. And she they had a tough it. time because she would hide her face. She's so used to being a stunt woman that you can't see her face. Right. So they had to make, no, put your, <laughs> make sure everybody can see you. Right. We want people to know who you are. Yeah, it was tough for her because she's so used to like, don't take my picture. I'm not part of the group. I'm a stunt woman. Right. Yeah. I'm always been an advocate that that should be a category at the Oscars. Oh, Best 100%. Stunt- because they do. So much work, and their job is not easy. I can't no. imagine doing stunts for a living, and no. what it, what the toll it takes on your body. I know, I know that some people can pad up, but still, when Batman throws you down the steps, it's still gonna hurt. <laughs> right. I mean, right, yeah. There's only so much padding you can have on, or you know, right. And I, I don't know if anybody knows about filmmaking, but sometimes. Uh, the, the the stunt people have to film their own things. So like oh, in the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight when the car goes, you know, supposedly Harvey Dent shoots the driver, the car yeah. veers off. Well, the scene of the car veering off, the whole stunt people filmed that, shot that. Oh, I didn't and know probably that. submitted it to the director. This is what we're gonna have. Oh, that's cool. So because that speeds up time. Yeah. Then they can control the environment, and you don't have to see the people in the car, and you can just ramp it up well, and then submit it to the director, and like, yeah, we'll just use that take. I'm always curious. 
How do they like? There's so many stunt people that look like the actors that yeah. they're portraying. Well, that's the second casting call, isn't it? Because they have to like, all right, cast. This is worth the casting. Now we have to find some people that look like them. Right, and then I know like a lot of like big name people have they use the same people. Yeah, or they're, they're not only stunt, but you have to have stand-ins. Because yeah, because you have to set up the shots, and the director has to go away for you know, the or the so actor has to go away. So more to it than people really realize than you know just turning on your TV and watching a movie. No, I think if you did a movie, you understand all the variables. Oh, absolutely, and how much what, longer it takes. Yeah, because like when you're shooting, you're shooting, and like that's one thing, and that takes time, and there's so many different moving parts, but then. There's also the behind the scenes that, like, for me as a makeup artist, I know nothing. I don't know all the right, editing. You're not and really everything. on set. You're kind of tucked away. Yeah, I'm in my own little area. And obviously, if I don't have somebody I'm working on, I like to be where it's at and kind of see because then, you know, somebody needs a touch up or yeah, I try to take some behind the scenes if it's allowed. So then people have those pictures and... I just, I like to be involved in everything. Well, Edward G. Robinson had the great line, they're not paying me to act, they're paying me to stay. Yeah. In between acting. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it's it's very boring process because everybody has their skills, yeah. like you, but there's a lot of downtime where people can oh, get absolutely. in trouble and just try to think of things to entertain themselves and pull pranks and, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> on your film, I mean, we did the... Um, we did the actors. Yeah. And then they took off and we kind of hung out. I know um, Hannah was assisting me that weekend and that was, was wonderful. That was great. Um, it worked out because she stayed in the tent for a little bit and watched all of our stuff and was there. So if anybody needed anything and then I went while well, you guys were shooting and was along with you. Yeah. The, when we did the exterior. Yep. yep. And then we swapped. For day one. Um, so then she could kind of see a little bit more. And then I kind of hung out at the tent. I had a dance party in there by myself. I'm sure people <laughs> were looking at me like I was a crazy lady. But, you know, it was cold. That's when you don't care. You and know I the, didn't yeah, care because yeah, I was in. Nobody had a camera in front of you. Yeah. yeah. I had my Mad Bomber hat on. I had, uh, you know, my layers and my bib overalls and my winter boots. And I was doing the running man on a few it's, it's I think it's. Everybody thinks they have the ability to do acting and good performance, but when the hell is of this piece of equipment is in, in front face, of you, yeah, yeah, and then there's something that people can they can handle it, or some people can't. I know a lot of people that do theater that can handle it really well, yeah, and love that. But the filming, it's a different animal because you're doing take same things, yeah, and you have to have that perfect. Yeah. And I, I guess I never did film uh, or um, stage any of that in high school or college. I never had the interest. I liked watching movies, but I, I liked watching the, movies, yeah. but I never wanted to be in them. Right. You I, know? I, I know. And I just I, I didn't put myself out. And I'm that person like I I know my strengths and I'm better behind the scenes. Yeah. Because like I have that face, it doesn't lie. <laughs> I just, you know, if I don't like something, I'm like mm. And then you know by looking at me. Well, we had that very very famous actor. Um, he passed away um, from India, Erfan Khan, who had a very very big eyes. Yeah. And he didn't really have a very attractive face, but he was such a good actor. And people were like they hired me because I'm really good at acting, not because of my face. <laughs> Which I mean, I'm sure that's. <laughs> and to have women act like they're falling in love with me. That is really really. T- <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know. I have a funny story about um, Olivia de Havilland because she's in the movie The Heiress. Oh, yeah. And the casting call was somebody that was not not average looking, not really spectacular good looking. The sister was supposed to be really super good looking. And then the actor, Montgomery Cliff, was going to swoo the average looking woman. To, oh, yeah. You know, Yo, you really look pretty and all that stuff. And Olivia de Havilland auditioned for... The movie and they said you're just you're too good looking for we're looking for average looking and she says you put me next to montgomery cliff i'm gonna look totally average looking right you know, <laughs> and it worked yeah <laughs> isn't that crazy to think about like you can't this isn't gonna fit you because you're too attractive for the role <laughs> and you're like what uh okay which i don't i you can dispense to. I would never do that for a casting call. We're looking for an average-looking woman. Just 
a woman. Just it's a woman. Why do you have to say average? Average, right. Or unless a really, like, unless the story need, like, a short person for, the, like, the film. Right. Like, a certain height, then, yeah, for the look. Or a certain look or, you know, like, your head has to be shaved. Which happened in Lethal Weapon because Danny Glover auditioned for the cop. Oh, uh, really? The cop. And it said, Richard Donner's like, well, it's not looking for, we're not looking for a black actor for the movie. He goes, well, you're looking for an actor. I'm it. The Donner, Richard Donner, that, well, yeah, he's an actor. It doesn't, you know, it's not looking for specifics. Yeah. It's just a, we're looking for an actor. So it kind of dawned in his brain how the whole process is, was distorted a little bit. Yeah. yeah I just, yeah. Uh, they have a hard job. I give actors and models major props because. You put yourself out there. You have to put yourself out there so many different times throughout the day and then own it and like yeah. not have faults and you know yeah yeah and be okay with the good the bad the ugly i think we for other film we had three wonderful people we were very fortunate. oh yeah three i loved wonderful. they were all yeah. so nice we had um joel facenti who just on the show yep um and the two other ones were eventually get but they're on other movies that's how good they are they're, that's they're, great they're, yeah well I, I, that was my line for referee and was a referee you're a good referee if you're busy. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, if you're... If you're a good actor, you're busy. Which yep. is, I understand with this show, because a lot of times we hire, uh, you know, schedule somebody to come on. And all of a sudden, you know, I got a part. I go, I understand. It's part right. of the business. You know, all of a sudden, if you're good, yeah, you're going to be busy. Yeah. And so. that's that's the beast. Yeah. You know? I mean... Well, Brian Cristofano, I told him, it's it's not right, because you're way too good looking and you're way too funny. You, you just have too many... Too many. You're holding too many cards he in your is hand, so man. Funny. And, you're, and you're super talented with music. Yeah. And to look, he can bench press my house. Oh my and, gosh! <laughs> right. And he could dance, and he well, could and be funny. He, doesn't he have children too? Yeah. So like, come on. That's <laughs> like you're you're ruining it for everybody. Right. <laughs> like you're making me look at my standards here a little differently. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it just when we were shooting it just makes me laugh because he's very muscular and like yeah. he's he was trying to stand straight in a few shots um and every time he stood straight his button would, like, his button would <laughs> pop out and i was like can you stop flexing and he's like i'm not and i was like well put those away quit pushing them out there like come on and he's like I can't help it and i was like well slouch or something yes. buy a bigger shirt i don't know what to tell you <laughs> And he just was dying laughing. And he's a wonderful to be on set. He, oh. he lives it up, and yeah, he's got energy. And then we brought Leah, who, if you she, didn't know, that English is her second language. Yeah, I and learned she, that. She's, she's so talented. Oh my god, she was. And yeah. like, she, I follow her on social media ever since the film, and she just cracks me up. She's one. She's a another one that's a very good singer. She's. Her voice is phenomenal. I don't. Well, and I think she speaks multiple languages. Yeah, we talked about it in like in the little break. She's just listing off. I was like, stop. You can stop. And I was like, "Uh, wow, making me feel a little inadequate over here. Like I need to go back to school and like learn something. Well, and she does her workout, her workout stuff um, that she posts on Instagram all the time. And then she does like dancing. Like she did one this winter where she was out on the lake ice skating and like singing and dancing and like she just has that fun personality yeah where yeah, she which, it's kind of nice her character wasn't a fun personality but yeah it, 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 in the movie which translated but she does well. serious really well too oh god yes yeah. and like she can just flip that switch and that fascinates me how people can do that because i just i mean i'm not that way i know i don't i i, I mean i had, am to i had director extent, andrew but... hunt on and him and i were talking like how do they do it and yeah, like, I have no idea. It's just a, it's a talent. It's have a the, skill. Turn on the faucets, cry, and almost like the meltdown. And you were like, "Are you okay?" Next scene, and you're like, "What?" Yeah. Well, and it's funny because um, yeah. when I was in school for makeup, talent. there are products that I can use to put on your face, and they're liquid tears essentially. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, this is so cool." I've never used them yet because everybody I've worked with can like turn on the tears like a light switch. And yeah. it just fascinates me that they can do that. First of all, I can barely cry if I'm like upset and worked up, let alone on command. I know. Right. And then like Alton. 30 seconds later, you're fine and you're laughing and 
But I like I like to give like a little heads up, like a tell them, even though it's a short film, like tomorrow you're gonna have to cry. Yep. So I give them a heads up and I like, or I put it on them or stuff like that. I also like to tell actors their characters' names on set. I think that helps a little bit. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, Joe, I like to use their character name. That kind of helps. I think it helps. It they, keeps. I've them never in had their anybody character. say don't do it. Right. right. I never had anybody say don't do it. So. No, I agree. I would think the same. I mean, I do think the same. Because yeah. then they get more in that role, you would think? Yes, yeah. And I, I I usually keep my scripts kind of vague for characters. I like actors bringing their own definition. Yeah. So, like, what Drill brought to his character, I didn't think that way about him. But he brought a certain vulnerability, a little motion to it that I did really thought about. But I think it really translates well. Yeah. I like that. They, I like the actors that have to work in it. I don't own up the, the characters. It's not my character. Eventually, I give it to you to have. That artistic flow. Yeah. Because they have to make it their own. Because then I feel like if they don't in some capacity, and thankfully you are the way you are, and you allow that, and like you want that, right? Yes. Um, as to where I don't, obviously I'm not putting words in other directors' mouths, but they may not look, be looking for that. This is the way it's supposed to be, and this is how I want you to be. Well, some directors are, yeah. Yeah, and I think that would be hard, because then how do you really get into that role? No, Well, there's a certain scene in the movie... It wasn't in the script. The actress wanted to do it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then, of course, Brian's like, well, I want you in it. Well, I don't, I, I'll do whatever, just for you, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> I'll give it up for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, so and. That's a certain thing of, talk about with movies, it's a collaboration piece. I don't oh, think yeah. one person owns it. So, like, people say, oh, you did a movie. I didn't, I didn't do a movie. I did a movie with a group, a group. of people. Yeah. Well, and I always, like, I. I always say, I when we were talking and when we were doing the film, I'm working on a short film with a group. Yeah, it, it's not mine because the reality is Hannah was my sidekick and she, she you was know, great. we worked well as a great you know a team. And you, me, and Jolanta had our Zoom meeting a few weeks, so like I knew what you were looking for. Um, but you even gave me leeway. You're like, do what you like. This yeah. is kind of what I'm thinking, and you know, kind of. This is where my direction is going, but it doesn't have to be specific. Right. That's why I keep my scripts kind of not really specific heavy. Unless it really needs to, unless it's already really, I'd like to have. Right. Okay. Say what you want to do. And that's what Brian, well, I think my character needs this scene. Let's do it. Yeah. And they wrote their own lines and everything. I didn't know what they were going to say. It was great. Which is so cool. You want to be surprised. Yeah. I, I, always, I should wear a shirt. I should wear it because it's, it's my slogan. Show off everybody's talents. <laughs> Right? Yeah. If you get John Travolta on a film, let's find some way to get him to dance, man. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think it'd be hard to get him to dance. No. So, yeah, just turn yeah. on some tunes. Yeah. Have your camera ready. If you have a good body that you've been working on, let's show it up. Right. You've been doing sit-ups for seven hours every day. Oh you gosh. want to show it on Couldn't film? Imagine. Yeah. So I always say, show off your talents. Right. Yeah. Well, and what was fun is, like, I got to do, we got to do a little special effects. Yeah. Yeah. Which... I love doing, and it, it's just always fun. It, is. it um, is. You have to have fun. Yeah, and I don't know. That's the biggest thing about my job is, like, I'm that person. I get a high when I'm around other people, and I get so excited, and I just love it all. Everyone's like, do you work in a specific area? And I'm like, no, I don't want to put myself in a corner because I'm new in this realm and, like, doing films and things of that capacity – so I love it all. I want to learn it all. I want to know yeah. everything. I think, I think if, if, especially if do take acting classes. Just, just get familiar. Even yeah. if you're not going to ever do acting, at least what they have to do. When the, there's yeah. so much that goes into yeah. everything that I don't think a lot of people realize. Because when you're sitting in a movie theater or on your couch in your jammies, yeah. you don't think of all of that. No, but when you're now, in it, now that you do a movie, then you think, well, they didn't now, get a good lighting person for this. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what's so crazy is how inexpensive movies are nowadays in comparison to what back in what the 90s, the first DVD that came out. And that's how movie stores became movie stores was because a DVD or a movie was a hundred dollars. Yeah, so you just get the VHS. Yep. And then they could, you know, pay the hundred dollars for it and then rent it out. And then there's there's their money back. Yeah. But I think if especially if you're doing a short film, and everybody wants to save money. Oh yeah. Don't 
ever skip out on makeup. I think you can navigate, but you really want, and I, Emily's going to back me up, but yep. you really want, the actors want to look good. Well, <laughs> and, bands, and everybody wants to look good, so you don't ever skip out on makeup. I will say this. So, you know, I wear makeup almost daily in some capacity. Now, yeah. not as much as I used to before COVID hit, because half my face is covered with a mask and a shield. <laughs> um, We're all going to have tan lines. Then. I know. It's going to be horrible. Um what my products are that I use are a little bit higher end. And so they're higher pigmented. So going to Target and buying, you know, CoverGirl or L'Oreal or, you know, these over-the-counter products, I'm not necessarily saying they're bad by any means. But my Makeup Forever is meant to be in front of an HD camera. Um, yeah. It's meant for movies and films and photography that's why they came out with the brands and the lines because they're higher pigmented right um so a little bit goes a long way because if i did my full face of makeup with my over-the-counter stuff which again isn't bad you put me in front of a camera you want to look good i'm gonna only see half of what i actually put on my face that day and everything else goes away and then you can see you know every imperfection in my skin so I was just my last question before you go. When you watch movies now, do you kind of the makeup can kind of critique? It's so notice? bad. Really? I magazines movie. I will say, um, I went to Faces Etc. of Minnesota. It's located downtown Minneapolis for my education for makeup and they teach you to look at things with a sure. naked eye. And so now I can't unsee things. I look, <laughs> I look at magazines or I walk into a mall and I see ads or, you know, anything with a photo on it. And I look at their makeup. And I did that with hair for years, but now I'm like, wow, now I'm doing it with hair and makeup. <laughs> it pops out to you. Right? Yeah, you notice things. Yeah. Um, like I said, when I was a drummer in a band, I never f- realized the drumming. And then I started doing the drums in a band. Now and the that's first all you thing, hear. The first thing I hear in the when I hear a song, anything is yeah. the drums. Yeah. And I'm and I not tell, per- now I can tell if they're even off. Right. And I'm not perfect by any means. Um But you just you're focused. But I'm focused. Yeah. And I learn a lot. I learn a lot from my own work and other people's work. Because you're right. You, you now you you look at somebody like, oh, that's good. That's real good. What did she do that I'm not doing or he did that I'm not doing? And I'm all like, right, all right, YouTube, here we go. I got to find them. Let's watch some videos. Um, yeah, it's just. Well, like I, I was never a clever drummer. So when somebody's like, like, oh. Yeah, how'd you do off. that? You're showing off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll see, like, I'm really fascinated by body paint. It, like, fascinates me. I could love um, this different structure you're working on. Yeah, and, like what you can do with it it's just so cool um and like prosthetics and things in that capacity so like more special effects stuff it's just like wow and now knowing how some of it's done in movies i'm like huh i know how to do that (laughs) (laughs) well emily i have to say thanks for coming thanks for having me i love this as long as we had fun this is i had a great time yes as you know it's not over to the guests say it's over it's over. There we go. It's not over till you say that it's over. You're not me